0: Hello, Doug. Hey, Karen. How are you? Okay. Hopefully, we don't
1: have any technical difficulties tonight.
0: I know. Uh, just to give you some inside scoop, we were having some technical difficulties right before this. So, so listeners, this might be a very special short podcast. <laughs> this
1: might be this might be cut off before the good bits.
0: That's right. Maybe I don't know. Should we start with something good just to? You know, leave them with something.
1: Well, we got okay. So we're at season three, episode twenty-eight. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang,
0: bang.
1: Um, there was some kissing, there was some banging,
0: several kinds, I guess. I guess so.
1: Okay. Um, lot lots going on in this episode.
0: Yeah. So, how do you feel overall?
1: I rather like this one.
0: Oh, okay, Good.
1: I felt like we were we had a step up. I felt, um, I, I'm worried about Matt's storyline.
0: As you should be.
1: I feel like we had Matt and now we've lost Matt.
0: Well, we, we don't lose Matt, but there's, there's more bad stuff in uh, afoot.
1: There, okay. Cause, cause the way that they left it, it was sort of like there could be bad stuff for him Or it could be, uh, or or that storyline could be over and we're back to, you know, Matt showing up and smiling every, you know, every three episodes.
0: They are definitely building to something more for Matt.
1: Okay, good. Well, I love more for Matt, but I wish he would have his happily ever after. He deserves it.
0: He will not. He does and he will not. (sighs) So what? Elrose Place is a lot like
1: What just happened there?
0: I said, Melrose Place is a lot like life.
1: Okay, because you scraped up against the microphone or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it made a funny noise.
0: Oh.
1: Um. It is a lot like life. It's exactly like life.
0: It really is the best metaphor I can think of. Yeah, for- I mean,
1: I run around in ultra mini skirts at work all the time, and very high heels, and um, I flip my hair a lot.
0: I wear flowy khakis.
1: That's such a lie. I work in my jammies.
0: Yeah, that's such a lie. I never <laughs> wear flowy khakis. You know, before I moved to New York, one of my friends told me, take all of your khaki and burn it. Really? Yeah. And not- now I judge people that do wear khaki in New York. Really? Yeah, very judgy.
1: I didn't realize you weren't allowed to wear khaki in New York.
0: I don't think it's a law, per se. I just think it's style. Interesting. But you know, it used to be like everything was black and gray. Dark, dark, dark. Look at the early Joe. Um, but now it's kind of like anything goes.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that the um the power suits are are very there's a lot of color in them
0: right yeah. now. Yeah, that's I think exactly right.
1: Alrighty. So where to begin? Should we should we just run through Matt? Because we've or did it did or did we end Matt on the Cliffy? Was Matt, was Matt the Cliffy this week?
0: No. Oh, God, no. We have oh, different- no,
1: it wasn't. It was Kimberly. It was. Uh, it, no, well, he was No, God, no, he wasn't. It wasn't even Kimberly.
0: No. So, okay, let's get Matt out of the way, and then let's get Allison out of the way, and then let's get Jane and Sid out of the way.
1: Okay. So, Matt.
0: So, Matt has found love. Um, Dr. Feelbad has been sleeping over a lot at Melrose Place it looks like. They've got a whole morning wake-up routine going on uh, and Matt is none the wiser that Dr. Feelbad has uh, Mrs. Feelbad.
1: Until Dr. Feelbad leaves his beeper behind at Matt's apartment and Matt drops it off in his office and sees a picture of Dr. Feelbad with Mrs. Feelbad and says to um, The
0: blabs a lot.
1: Yeah, the assistant Oh, is this his sister? Uh, to which the assistant was like no oh, silly that's his wife
0: yeah she's like they are young and in love they have it all
1: they have it all they're both young and beautiful and rich because you know that's all you need is young beautiful rich Um. so obviously Matt is shocked shocked to hear this
0: uh, so now Matt has learned the truth about Doctor Feelbad.
1: Yeah, and he tries to end it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He tries to end it, but Doctor Feelbad doesn't like wants to sort of live in the closet and kind of have Matt live there. But I don't know. It was like he he's confused and he wants he he wants Matt's help to figure out what he's doing and with his, you know, is he gay? Is he not gay? Like, you know, anyway, and Matt's kind of like not having it.
0: Not having it, but ultimately agrees to have dinner at Dr. Feelbad's house.
1: Which was just a bad idea, Matt.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: Shouldn't Matt. It. Oh, Matt. And so, you know, they're talking and I guess one thing leads to another and they go upstairs. Oh, by the way, the wife is out of town. <laughs> What'd you say? The wife is out of time. You keep
0: beeping out. Oh. I know. I, is it? Is it me? I just see it says poor connection. Um,
1: I'm not getting a poor connection, so I think it might uh, be you.
0: Then I guess it's me. I don't know what to do.
1: I don't know what to do either.
0: Sorry, listeners. Um, We're just going to keep talking, and you might lose me a bit. Okay. So, so there. We'll hopefully power through. Yeah. Maybe we will make this one a little shorter, just to spare everyone the in and out
1: yeah okay um okay so then moving on with matt um the
0: the the wife confronts matt at the hospital in his office in this white pants clown suit like i've never quite seen on anyone it was quite a terrible outfit yeah and it's it's weird only in that it's the kind of scenario you wouldn't have even seen much of in the 90s because she is like already implicitly understanding about some things i don't know she was like my husband said you seduced him this better be over this can never happen again or i will kill you like like already like acknowledging that she might know he is gay and that it's an arrangement Mm
1: mm-hmm Yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like this was, once again, another one of those Melrose Place storylines that came out of left field, and and there was no room for that. Like, they didn't let this evolve at, like, a better pace.
0: Right. No, I think what happens, particularly with shows like this, is they get to a certain point, and sometimes it's three, four, five episodes before the finale, and they just go into... Uh, okay, now we have to gear up towards the finale storyline, or gear up to a finale cliffhanger. So let's throw our final cast of characters for this season in, and go. And I, that is basically what happened here.
1: But there has been so many storylines leading up to the big finale. Like, why do this? Like, why not save this for the next season? And give it, you know, let it let it take its time, and, and then give it the finale it deserves.
0: Well, I agree uh, with you, but I also... I will reserve some commentary until after we see the next few episodes. It does sort of lend itself, I think, to a season finale cliffhanger. Okay. And they're ultimately like the amount of lead up they give it doesn't really matter. Okay.
1: Okay, so that's Matt. Matt. Poor Matt. 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 By Matt. Poor Matt.
0: Poor Matt. Um also poor Allison, but dumb Allison too.
1: Yeah, I mean, so basically, uh, Allison has been fired. She's no longer president of D&D. Amanda yeah, ousted well, her.
0: Because she's wearing, like, a leather bomber jacket in the middle of sunny L.A. spring. While everyone else is wearing dresses and skirts.
1: <laughs> well, that's because she's, you know, moody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, um, so, you know, Brooke, you know, Brooke is sort of like, you know, rides in to sort of save the day and she has gotten Allison an interview with her dad. Her dad, one of her dad's companies is looking for a director of marketing.
0: Yep. And this role will be, you know, more power, more money, uh, than even when she was ruling D and D.
1: Um, and so she interviews for the job and God damn it. If she didn't land
0: it. That's right. She gets a call basically the next day that she has got the job, but she missed out on some information.
1: Yeah, she was never told specifically where this job was happening.
0: It's not in the Valley. It's in Hong Kong. It's in Hong Kong.
1: Kind of far away.
0: Really far away. You can't get to shooters from there.
1: No, not even a little bit. So, um, so, you know, of course, Allison is shocked, um, that it's in Hong Kong and she's got to think about it. She, she needs to talk to Billy about it because he's her sounding board. Yeah. Um, and so before she can talk to Billy about it, um, Brooke puts her little finger, her little claws into Billy and, you know, he says that he's going to talk to Allison about her, about it. And, and she's like, well, You know, it it was really great the way that she did it, too, because she was like, well, you know, Allison has been like nothing but a failure here in L.A. You want to hold her back and just let her stay here and keep failing? (laughs) It was was kind of perfect. And I was like, wow, Brooke really has a very good point. (laughs) So she convinces Billy not to convince Allison to stay. Um, and, and to, you know, sort of let Alison make up her own mind, the one where she's not a failure, um, and she can go to Hong Kong and be, you know, brilliant. Um, but then we find out that it looks like, um, Brooke has been sort of the, 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 puppet master of the whole thing and kind of manipulating it behind the scenes. Um, you know, cause they cut to a scene between Brooke and her dad having a big old hug and saying, so is Hong Kong far enough away?
0: Yeah, it's a really odd. Uh, I I don't know what almost the word I want to use is like Electra or something from Greek myth. Like they're they're conspiring together. But um, yeah, Dad has stepped in to get Allison as far out of the picture as possible, so Brooke can have Billy all to herself.
1: So poor Allison um, is, you know, sort of confesses to. I think is it Joe or Jane? I think it's Joe. It is Joe. It's Joe. She confesses to Joe that she is still in love with Billy. And Joe is like, you just got to tell him. And so Allison decides that she is going to go to Hong Kong, but she is going to write Billy a letter.
0: Well, she was going to have Billy drive her to the airport because no taxi. We've lost Doug again.
1: (laughs) There, there's Doug. Hello. Hi, there you are.
0: Oh, okay. I I I uh was technology kept me away, but I'm back.
1: Yeah. So, it was about the
0: taxi. Oh, so that's what you lost me. Okay. So so Allison was going to have Billy take her, and then Amanda made it impossible for Billy to take her. So Joe was like, "Write him a letter." So, Brooke is available instead of Billy. Brooke drives Allison to the airport again instead of a taxi and allison's like can you give billy this letter i he needs to know how i really feel and brooke's like do you have feelings for him do you still love him and allison's like yeah and it took me going to hong kong to realize it give him the letter i don't want a chance of going in the mail and they hug brooke wishes allison um she said i forget what she's like break a leg which is not yeah, break a
1: leg i thought that was so weird <laughs>
0: Say safe, safe travels, but whatever. Um, and and she proceeds to crumple the the letter up and just toss it on the floor of her car.
1: Oh, the irony! She didn't. Really? Allison didn't no. trust the post office.
0: Oh, so true. Oh, so, so true. Yes.
1: So um. So Allison's after Hong Kong. Yeah. How many episodes do we lose her for?
0: We get her in every episode.
1: Oh, she never left.
0: No, we see her in Hong Kong. We even see her, I believe, at an AA meeting in Hong Kong at one point. Um, And she's not gone for too long.
1: And does she screw up at her job there?
0: Nope. Really? Well, to my knowledge, she does not.
1: Interesting. Maybe it's
0: just D and D. I'm possibly. I mean, I think
1: it's a bad match
0: it could be a combination of like D and D and alcoholism and such. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it for Alison and Billy, though. There's a little bit of Brooke in the Amanda storyline. Not too much.
1: Not too much. No. Um, what, what even happened with Amanda? I mean, basically it it, it's Amanda and
0: Kimberly, right? Yeah. Amanda has taken stupid pills again. Um, and find, and makes all the wrong decisions again. Because Kimberly has re-entered Melrose Place. She walks into D&D, right into Amanda's office, um, and starts twisting the truth around about Michael's treatment for Amanda's cancer and saying that he actually bungled her treatment and that they should sue him.
1: Yes. And so now <laughs> Amanda is <laughs> like, Ooh. Kimberly, suing. Yes. Why, yes
0: yeah why did she listen to Kimberly it makes no sense it's not the smart Amanda we know
1: that's okay Um, so she decides that she is now going to sue Michael and um, that is the fastest lawsuit in the history of lawsuits (laughs) Um, and Michael you know comes in and he's furious and he's you know yelling and screaming and being you know crazy (laughs) Michael and um did we lose you again
0: we did but I'm back okay I really don't know what's going on guys. It's a poor connection. So Karen, just talk away.
1: We are plagued with technical difficulties. Oh my god. Um yeah, so I'm I'm probably gonna like bungle this storyline because it was so like well I mean basic, basically the gist of it is Amanda's suing Michael. Um Kimberly set all this in motion, Michael is unhappy. Um, but Kimberly is not doing this out of the goodness of her heart. She's planning <laughs> no. something deeper, um, where she is going to get Allison, to, uh, not Allison, Amanda. Uh, Amanda as well, because okay. she, she creeped back over to Melrose place in like incognito in like a trench coat and a hat and like broke into... Amanda's apartment, and left this like creepy message that was all typewritten out. That was something like "I'm going to get you" or whatever the note it's said. Like, it's like we're not done yet. Yeah. Or she. Oh, we lost Doug again.
0: On its own, and it's
1: there. And you are.
0: And she, Kimberly, manages to make the door open on its own and escape, and. It was like ghosts. And, and, like, we see her figure, her, like, her silhouette walk away. I'm like, there's no way that's Michael. Because Michael's, like, two feet shorter than this woman who's walking away in the heels and trench coat and top hat. But, and you know, um,
1: how did she get home so fast? Makes no sense. Because, because you know, Amanda called her at the, the hotel that she's staying at. And the hotel she's staying at definitely said it was in Malibu.
0: Yeah, it does not make sense.
1: And so she, like, called her right away, and she's like, I'm so scared. Michael was here. He broke into my apartment.
0: Yeah, it's impossible by, but like, real, by real world, you know, standards, not by the time warp.
1: Time warp. We're in the time warp again. Yeah. That's all. That That's the understanding. Okay, so moving on. Um, uh, Where are we? Jane and Sid.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will just go on the record. I don't care for this storyline.
1: All right. so the gist of it is, last time we left Jane and Sid, Sid had done this pantyhose licensing deal, and um, but it turned out to be, you know, blocks of heroin were being shipped in with the pantyhose. And she vowed that she was going to fix everything. Now that guy um, that took her out to dinner, she gets on the phone with him and she, like, you know, has it out with him. And she's like, I'm not doing this, we're done. And he's like, meet me for dinner, we need to talk this through. And she's like, screw you, and then she met him. Um, And that's when he says to her, he like flashes a badge and he's like, I'm FBI and I'm in, I'm undercover and you've been, you know, brought into this thing unwittingly and I'm going to get you out but this is what you need to do. You need to resign. You need to post date it a week ago. And so he brings her, he takes her through all these steps where she basically has to resign her position of president of Mancini designs. And she's at first, you know, doesn't want to do it. She says she's got a lot of money in this. And, and then, and then what about Jane? And he's like, I can only save one of you. And so she's like, okay, well, guess that's me. Yeah,
0: it's like Sydney's choice instead of Sophie's choice.
1: Yes, so she types up her resignation. She brings it to Jane. Jane's like, "What are you up to? This doesn't make any sense." And she's like, "Nothing, nothing. I'm gone. You just, you know, have a good time. Enjoy your enjoy your life." And um, and she resigns. Now, meantime, the FBI guy says, after you resign, <laughs> he sends her to Santa Barbara,
0: Palm Springs, I Palm, think,
1: Palm Springs. Um, And she has to go to a taco truck and ask for a pastrami on rye. It's code for something. I don't remember what that something was. Or maybe I wasn't paying attention.
0: No, we don't learn what it is. We
1: never learn. Okay. So basically, she she goes all the way out to Palm Springs. She goes to the taco truck and she asks for a pastrami on rye. And the guys like looking at her like, what is wrong with you? You're insane. So she waits through three shift changes. And every time they have a shift change, she's like pastrami on rye. And they keep going. You're nuts. we, We have tacos. And so she's there until they close. And she and they're just and she gets she doesn't even have a taco. She doesn't get the pastrami on rye. So she goes back to L.A.
0: You know what? She might have gotten a taco because there's food piling up on the table. She at the very least has a couple of sodas.
1: She did have a couple of sodas. I don't know. I'm feeling like she didn't have a taco because she was waiting for the pastrami on rye.
0: It's possible.
1: So she, she hightails it back to LA for whatever reason. She goes back to the Mancini designs. I don't know why she goes there, but she like knock, but she knocks on the door this time and Jane opens the door and she's like, well, you know, I hope you're happy. Um, The police are here. You know, she she alludes to the cops being there. And Sid looks a little stricken, um, a little surprised. And then she walks in to Mancini Designs and there are the um, the heroin guys, the heroin guy and the FBI slash heroin guy and their models. And Jane set the whole thing up.
0: Smart Jane.
1: Who knew Jane had it in her?
0: No, not I.
1: So, so Jane basically set up this big, huge ruse, um, and and she tricked Sid into resigning her position as president of Mancina Designs. So Jane got hundred thousand dollars in the bank, and she got rid of Sydney.
0: Yeah, I I have to say I don't love this storyline because after everything we've been through with Sid over the course of the season, this is what I care about happening the least right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We've had everything with, with Kimberly and framing her for attempted murder and uh, all the stuff with the cult and being with Jake and blah, 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 and getting back in bad with Kimberly. Like, I don't care about any of this, like setting Sid up. This is like, this should have been like early season two.
1: Well, I mean, the good thing about this is that, you know, with everything that's going on with Jake and Jess and Joe, oh my God, so many J's, um, and, and now Sid and Jane, like, Sid's out of a job, Jake's out of a girlfriend, so they're, they're, like, buddying up again.
0: Yes. At the very least, Jake seems to have gotten over his anger towards Sid quitting from before, um, so she is able to visit him again at Shooters, but I have... Jumped ahead of the rest of the jake joe Jess triangle
1: yeah, and the, and what a triangle it is when we um when we open the episode, um Jake is basically literally throwing jess's clothes out of
0: his apartment we lost Doug again, Doug's back again,
1: yay, um yeah, so literally. Um, throwing clothes out of the apartment, and and so of course, like he Jess comes down from Joe's apartment. The two guys have a confrontation. They get into fisticuffs. Joe comes running down, and sort of, and Jake is kicking Jess's ass.
0: Yeah, Jake keeps hitting him.
1: Yeah, like Jake is like totally kicking Jess's ass. I'm like, wow, he's a wuss. And like physically, J- Jess seems like he's the bigger guy, but he can't throw a punch for shit. Apparently.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's all in the muscle, but not in the aim.
1: Yeah, so, um, so, the, so Joe comes running down, and she's like, "Stop it, Jake! You're going to kill him!"
0: And he really could.
1: Yeah, he could. He could. He was pummeling him. It was. It was. It was very satisfying.
0: <laughs> it, it actually was.
1: That moment was very, very satisfying. But anyway, of course, because Jake was kicking Jess's ass, now we've got, like, Joe going, poor Jess, poor Jess, poor Jess. And so essentially, like, it seems like Jess, like, moves into Joe's apartment. What is wrong with her?
0: The <laughs> uh, bad judgment never stops.
1: I mean, really? And so, you know, and then, and then Joe goes, of all things that she's going to, Joe goes to shooters to talk to, to Jake to, like, talk about this.
0: Right. Now, right. look. To like, to, like, reason with the man, yeah. There ain't no reasoning.
1: Look, this is, the, the, Jake is not innocent in this, right? Like, he was the one that basically a told her.
0: problem, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, he was the one that basically told her he didn't want a relationship. They were just going to hook up everyone. It was, it was like they were doing friends with benefits. And yeah. she wanted something more. You know? I mean, he should have, should have got off the pot. You know? Like, he can't hold her back,
0: you know? And there was nothing, and there was no reason for him to not be willing to commit. Right. Right.
1: I mean, but the thing is, you know, it is his brother, and knowing that they have this sort of strained relationship to begin with, it probably wasn't the best relationship for Joe to step into, but at the same time, she's free to make her own choices.
0: Yes. True to both.
1: You know, so so I'm kind of not agreeing with Jake and his, you know, reasoning here.
0: No, I'm not agreeing with Jake, who has no claim on Joe, but... I hate Jess, so I'm sort of Team Jake in the end anyway.
1: We're totally Team Jake, but
0: he brought this all on himself. Well, at the very least he opened the door like he has no right to complain. No, he doesn't.
1: So um so so but he's sort of is not ready to bury the hatchet with Joe and it just looks like there's there's they're not gonna get past this as friends, and he's just gonna be angry and broody about the whole thing.
0: Right. So while Jake is brooding, Jess is playing along.
1: And we lost we lost Doug. I think what Doug was going to say, (laughs) Doug was saying when um, we lost you again.
0: I'm here. I'll speak quick or we'll end quick. Uh, While Jake was brooding, Jess was playing a lot of pool.
1: Yes. And while Jess was playing a lot of pool, he met some bad hombres.
0: We we know they're bad hombres because the leader of the pack looks like Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker. Oh, interesting. I was going to make, like, a Kip Winger reference, but the...
1: But the technical difficulties will not allow Doug to make the Kip Winger reference.
0: <laughs> Kip Winger deserves better. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: So they're basically, like, he like just overhears them planning some sort of a heist and talking about a robbery, but then he picks a fight with them. I don't, I don't understand why he picked a fight with them to sort of say, I've got a job for you guys.
0: Yeah, I don't know why he had to antagonize them. Just, be, just talk to them. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, because, like, you're going to, like, give them cold, car- cold hard cash, so, like, that speaks volumes. Um, so basically he hires them to do a job and we don't know what that job is until dun, dun.
0: the last scene. Sid is back at shooters after her whole uh, setup being dethroned thing. Um, and she and Jake are getting along and Jake goes to get another case while Sid's having some pretzels. And Richard Ramirez and the gang enter shooters.
1: Yep, and they whip out their guns, and they're like, this is a robbery, and Jake is like, we'll give you whatever you want, we'll give you whatever you want. Um, And then he, like, drops the money from the cash register, and he bends down to pick it up, but he presses a button, I guess it's a silent alarm.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: And when he comes back up, these guys are all spooked and and yelly, and then they just popped one off, and...
0: Yeah, right and Jake. Right and Jake.
1: So Jake is shot. And, and he's Sid, making that
0: shocked face as he sinks to the ground and Sid comes to his side.
1: Yeah, Sid so, so jumps the bar and rushes <laughs> to his side. Meanwhile, the bad hombres split and, um, and they're not uh, – and they, they, they don't they actually run out with any cash. It looks like they were simply hired to um,
0: – To shoot and maybe kill Jake. To
1: shoot and maybe kill Jake. Now, I don't understand why Jess did that.
0: Jess is bad. Just because he's Jess, a bad we, got, like, guy. we are basically like Cain and Abel here. Jess is a bad, bad, bad man.
1: Oh, Joe. She always hitches oh, her wagon to the wrong guess people.
0: What? If you think that Jess trying to kill his brother is bad, that's not even the worst thing we're going to see Jess do coming up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, dear. Bad. Joe's got bad taste in men. Yeah, the worst. It's really the worst. I
1: am with the exception of Jake.
0: Oh, I thought you meant Jake's taste in men. Yes. Aside from Jake, Joe makes terrible decisions in men. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's the episode. Sorry about our technical difficulties. We had to speed through it. We probably left some behind, but, but, you know, that's what happens when you're in a rush. Because doug keeps leaving us
0: i was i was in the middle of apologizing for my poor connection and then i was silenced yet again so (laughs) i i think i think that is the fates telling us to say sayonara
1: thanks for dealing with us thanks for putting up with the tea